Hello and welcome back to Not Just Paleo. I'm your host, Evan Brand, and we're talking about a fun subject today. How do you find a good healthcare provider, a good functional provider, someone that's going to actually look at you from a functional perspective and not say that when you get your blood work back that 15 on your vitamin D is okay. That's not okay. Even 30, that's too low. That's the conventional number here in the States is 30. 30 is is considered okay, and that's not cool. You want it 50 or above. So that's kind of what we're talking about today. You know, how do you find somebody that's good? Obviously, I do consults for people around the world via Skype and on the phone. So if you already know that you like what I'm doing and what I'm presenting here at the show, then you can schedule a 15 or 20 minute free consult with me. I love to hear what you're going through and see how I can help you. So if you want the link for that now before we get into the show, it's paleo.genbook.com. So that's paleo.genbook.com. Dot com. You go there, and we can talk for 15 to 20 minutes. A lot of you found that link already through my website, not just paleo.com. You can jump on the newsletter there if you haven't. I just now created a new series of emails that talks about all this stuff, the conventional model of things versus the functional model of things, and how you can actually get to the root cause as opposed to keep chasing the cycle of drugs and quick fixes and steroids and all the crazy stuff that is typically done in the hospitals and things like that. I like to go beyond that and get better results, so... I got my buddy Dr. Justin coming on to the show, and actually I'm sharing this episode from one that I recorded for his show, um, but the content is great. I hope you enjoy it, and let's get right into it, all right? Here we go. We're going to be talking about how to find the ideal healthcare provider, how to find your holistic functional medicine doctor or functional nutritionist, what qualities, what traits, what skill sets do you need in your practitioner to find someone that can help you? So first off, Evan, what's going on, man? How are we doing? Hey, what's up? I'm doing great. I just uh, avoided a tornado. I thought I was going to get blown away and not be able to make this call, but uh, I'm super thrilled to be here and, and still be alive, luckily. That's good. <laughs> awesome. And if we get cut off during the show, we will know why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what'd you have for breakfast this morning? <laughs> I just had a shake today, so I did some organic almond milk, uh, a handful of blueberries from the local farmer at the farmer's market. I did two scoops of grass-fed whey, so probably about 30, 35 grams of protein there, and then one fat spoonful of coconut oil. I feel like I said I did that last time, but that's kind of my go-to shake. That's good. Awesome. And for all the listeners, I am upgrading the uh, command center's bandwidth, so we're going to be going from... 20 megabytes per second to 200 megabytes so the quality will get better we apologize for last show having a couple of crackles in there but that's going to get better so just hang in there we'll we'll continue to deliver the high quality (laughs) so uh for me today i did um beef protein grass or grass-fed beef protein with um just water i did a whole scoop of greens organic green powder in there and uh some coffee mct and butter so i got about 40 grams of protein Got about a scoop of collagen in there, about four servings of vegetables and the organic green powder, and then some good fats and um, proteins combined. So I'm I'm ready to go. Yeah, sounds like a good way to start the day, and you'll be hungry for a real solid food lunch. That's why I like doing shakes, because when you actually eat a real steak again, it's amazing. Yeah, and it's just nice in the morning to just get those aminos in your body fast. I'll do like half my breakfasts will be shake-based, just because it's easy. Um, it's nutrient dense. I'm getting a whole bunch of greens in there too, and um, I can just make sure it's highly absorbed. Really. Yep. Easy. Yep. That's nice. Cool, man. 
So today we talked about kind of in our pre-interview that we wanted to kind of lay out for all of our listeners here what kind of qualities that you know you should be looking for in your practitioners. And you know, obviously a little plug for us. Uh, I think we both exhibit a lot of those qualities. So if anyone's needing a, a healthcare um, functional medicine doctor or a functional medicine nutritionist in yourself, to feel free and check out justinhealth.com or notjustpaleo.com if you want to get more information. But outside of that, because I know I'm booked out almost two months in my clinic, I know you're booked out a bit in your clinic, so we're really busy. So we're not going to be able to help everyone. So we want to make sure anyone that needs help and can't get to us, they at least will be able to interview their provider and look for the skills that are needed to be successful. Right. Yep, I agree. Where do you think we should start? I think the nutrition part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so for me, I've had people that have gone to holistic nutritionists because there's so many different schools of thought out there now, and there's so many different uh, nutrition certifications that nearly everyone could be considered a nutrition expert and unfortunately, some of those people are uh, training clients to become v- complete vegans and raw food vegans and yep. things like that. And I'm sure you have some stories as well. And I've definitely had to help people recover. I mean, their hormones have been destroyed. They've become very fragile, uh, low energy after about six months. They feel good at first, and then they just start getting sicker and sicker. So that's kind of been my experience. So it's not to say that our way is the only way, but that you should be eating some animal – you got to be eating animal products, preferably organic pasture-raised animals whenever possible because those uh, amino acids that you're going to be hopefully digesting and breaking down from those animals are going to be converting into neurotransmitters and making you feel good. So it's no surprise that uh, you know veganism routes of, of nutrition and depression go hand in hand. I totally agree, and I don't like the term diet when I'm talking to my patients. I like the term template, and I do believe a paleo template is best, and I believe a paleo template really is non-dogmatic because within that template, you can be high-carb, you can be low-carb, you can utilize more of a specific carbohydrate diet approach for patients that have more gut or diarrhea or constipation issues. You can use a GAPS diet approach. You can use the low histamine approach, a low FODMAP approach. So there's a lot of flexibility that you have within that paleo template. You can use an autoimmune diet approach. Again, I work with so many vegans and vegetarians, and we may just be choosing like, hey, we're going to get some egg yolks in your diet this week, and then everything else will be vegan minus the grains and the legumes. So we can have someone who's eating 95% vegan but getting some animal protein and animal product in there, and they, they're still doing 95% of what they were doing as a vegan, but they're not getting all the other crapohydrate and inflammatory foods, and we may give them some extra free-form amino acid and some extra protein powder to maximize the aminos that they may not be getting in, let's say, a vegetarian or vegan diet. Right, yeah, and then if it's not quality soy that we can – start pulling that off and weaning people on to real products and as opposed to tofurkey and things like that. Yeah, they aren't real foods. And I think also you need to have like a non-dogmatic approach or a non-dogmatic filter in which why you choose the foods you choose. So if I'm choosing a paleo template, why are we choosing those foods? My filter is, well, they're anti-inflammatory, they're nutrient-dense, and they're low in toxins. It's that simple. 
you go through a vegetarian list, you'll pick out all the phytates and oxalates and lectins, wheat germ and glutenins, and potential food allergens. I mean, I just had a vegan last week, great vegan, but she's osteoporosis in her early 30s and her teeth are already getting brittle and having extra cavities because of a lack of mineralization. So why is that? Because there's all kinds of other irritants and toxins that are in her food that are affecting absorption. That's incredible. Yeah. And I've had similar stories and I've gone, you know, kind of on the, I guess on the application side, I've also added in like some sublingual B12 and things like that just to help them because they're, they're so exhausted. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And I find that a lot of, like I say, I'm getting someone to transition over from a vegan vegetarian diet from on a functional medicine perspective because they're low in these aminos. They're, let's say there's fat soluble nutrients, right? A, D, E, and K you can't get in plant foods. And again, beta carotene ain't vitamin A. Uh, so a lot of um, people can't make that transition of beta carotene to vitamin A, especially if you're hypothyroid. Especially take a look at your palms. If you see a slight orange tinge to your palms, you're not converting that beta carotene to vitamin A. So on that note, um, regarding the um, the vegan solution there, where was I going with that? Oh yeah, a lot of people that are vegan, vegetarian, they'll start eating a little bit of meat and they'll feel like crap. And they'll be like, look, it's not good. And I'm just like, no your digestive system is shut down. You are not used to making stomach acid. You don't have the physiological equipment turned on to even process that kind of protein and fat. So we got to add in the enzymes and hydrochloric acid, and that makes a massive difference when we're switching someone over onto a diet. The enzymes and the acids may be a game changer. Yep. So I think you kind of already alluded to what I was going to bring up in terms of another trait that you want from your practitioner, and that's someone who sees the picture as a whole. Now, you know, specialization is good in certain aspects, but if you have that, if you're using a magnifying glass or even a microscope in some cases to zoom in on a patient's uh, health issues, you're going to miss the point. You're going to miss what you just mentioned, you're going to miss the fact that they may be low on stomach acid. So you don't, you're not able to start north to south if you didn't see that process. So do you want to kind of hit on that string a little bit? Yeah. So once we have the diet in place, we kind of want to figure out where within that paleo template, if you will, they're going to do best. So I had two vegans this week. Hey, we're just trying to get a little bit of egg yolk in and we're going to get some pea protein and some additional free form amino acids. So once we have that, because we have such a non-dogmatic approach, we're going to be able to work with these people. Now, the next thing to layer on top of that is we got to look at lifestyle, right? Like forget the labs. That's, that's going to be the next thing. But what, where's the lifestyle? Like are you chewing your food up? Are you chewing your food properly? Are you drinking enough water? Are you eating within that first 30 to 45 minutes of getting up if you're adrenally fatigued? Are you going four or five hours without eating? Are you skipping breakfast? Are you trying to do intermittent fasting? Are you doing too much CrossFit and that's screwing up your adrenals? Are you going to bed too late, right? Um, are you getting cross-contaminated with rice and corn thinking that you're still gluten-free, right? These are all other things that need to be factored into the diet and lifestyle thing. And you got to have a really good nutritional and lifestyle filters and, and not to bash on the medical doctors, but I find the MDs tend to be the ones that miss this because they didn't have a strong nutritional background in medical school because they don't have nutrition in medical school for the most part. 
I talked to Stanford MDs. They had like a one hour, one credit hour nutritional course that was online. And basically, if you just pass the test, you pass the course. And it's all having to do with like nutritional disease, like, you know, beriberi, what's that? Oh, that's a B1 deficiency. Uh, scurvy, what's that? Vitamin C. So it's more from a disease perspective, not a, a functional, optimal health perspective. I'm not surprised to hear that. Yeah. And Ricketts, I'm sure, was in there too, oh, yeah. which is, Vitamin you're not going to experience yeah. that most of the time. Right. So we got to have the diet perspective and the lifestyle perspective. So the first thing before any supplements, any labs, um, any fancy schmancy protocols, is you got to have the diet and the lifestyle. And you got to say, how are we going to customize this diet for me and where I'm at? I think that's super important. And we got to have a general template. But I mean, patients that come in, we'll, you know, we'll do an SCD approach, maybe with an autoimmune filter on top of it that have a lot of gut issues. Patients that are more healthy, we may just use a general paleo template and we may up the carbs if they're doing a lot more CrossFit and such. So we, we figure out where they fall in that spectrum and customize. So that's kind of the, the foundational layer, the diet and lifestyle layer that any functional nutritionist or functional medicine doctor needs to have. And that should be a key thing that you interview them on. I like that. And just to kind of harp on that a little bit more, you'll see the programs out there that are very cookie cutter and there's a lot yes. of mo a lot of marketing involved in these programs within the within the health space and and people think that this is a solution because they saw the before and after pictures of someone and hopefully you know today we've reframed that a little bit and make the distinction that there's so many unique things going on with your environment how many toxins you're exposed to all of these things that it's it's not in your best health decision to go for a cookie cutter program like that. So there always needs to be, you know, your specific life factored into your protocols. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So what step next should we talk about regarding the practitioner? Well, I think just someone who is actually going to speak to you on the same level. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I like about you as well is that you have a lot more training and clinical experience and hours than I do, but yet we're still able to connect on the same level. Right. And that's a huge uh, off-putting thing when uh, a patient's going to a practitioner and they're getting maybe not belittled, but they're feeling like they're, you know, a couple inches tall and that they're not smart and that they need to just bow down and listen as opposed to a good practitioner approach would be to sit down with this person and they should give you a warm good gut feeling and yeah. honestly i think you'll know as soon as the you know as soon as the doc comes in or as soon as we when you jump on the phone if you're doing a you know an online consult with one of us that you'll know immediately if you're going to click or not and based off how you're treated ultimately i think that's it's a huge thing man personality's uh, a big deal yeah i agree I also say is you need a plan, right? When I talk to my patients, the big thing that I am addressing is when did everything, you know, go south for you? When did all of your symptoms start occurring? When did that happen? What was going on in your life? What was what was the stressors like? I want to know how the body broke down because I want to make sure that we're incorporating diet and lifestyle strategies that make sure those stressors are neutralized, if you will. But even if they are neutralized, right? Let's say the original stress is hitting a nail while you're driving your car and you get a flat tire. But if I just drive around on that flat tire for a couple of months, there's going to be a lot of collateral damage that happens to my car outside of the original injury. So let's say the original injury is stress from work, poor eating, sleep, 
Well, now we've changed all that, but basically you've done the equivalent of dri driving around on a car with a flat tire for six months. So now you have axle issues, front end alignment issues, everything's screwed up. So now we actually have to go in and fix other parts of the car that weren't even originally damaged in the beginning. So I kind of see that as how functional medicine works. The diet and lifestyle strategies fix kind of the environment that set the person up to fail. But with functional medicine, we're now digging in to the hormonal system damage, right? Adrenals, thyroid, female hormones, or ATM, adrenals, thyroid, male hormones, if it's a male. Uh, we're digging into the gut issues, right? The inflammation, the infections, and the malabsorption. And then we're digging into the, the detoxification backup, right? What's happening with detox? So body system one, hormones, body system two, gut, body system three, um, detoxification. And I find when the body's chronically stressed, almost all of my patients who've been sick for at least longer than a year, there's some kind of infection because their gut has been worn down because of stress. And that infection has come in and is basically preventing them from healing. Yeah, man, you know something that was brilliant you just alluded to without saying it directly is that the healing process is going to take time and I think that's another great distinction of how to judge your practitioner. You know, if you go in the conventional model, you go in and, you know, like I I told you for example, we were thinking that uh, my wife may have had Lyme. Yeah. So we go in and you get the quick fix recommendation, you get the pill for the antibiotics and you run out and that's it and you won't see them again until three to five years later down the road when something happens and you go back in. And so what I'm getting at here is that you should get a realistic approach to your health journey from your practitioner. If you go and you meet once and they're telling you all you got to do is just buy this, this, and this, and this magic pill and then see you later, then you're not going to get better that way. You need to find no. someone that's that's down to join you on this journey and you guys are going to do this thing together for six months and even longer. Exactly. Like most people, for instance, if they ever had to go to court, they get a lawyer. Most people that, you know, are doing a lot, let's say in business, they get an accountant or someone to help file their taxes, right? People hire people that have done something a lot of times so they can have the ability to know it's done right and the efficiency. So it's the same thing. The most important thing we have is our health because our health is which is the vehicle in which we experience everything right? Fun, life, our family, friends, our work. So if that vehicle is a clunker, if you will, well, everything else is going to be bad. So we want to have an expert like you've dealt, you've dealt with hundreds, if not thousands of patients. I dealt with thousands of patients a year. You want that experience because we're able to connect the dots and see, okay, you're here. All right, here's the next step. Here's the next. We can put the dots together where if you just have one person who's on their N equals one journey, everything's new. Everything's foreign. Everything's different. And it's hard to have confidence to know, one, what to do, but also the order in which to do it. Right. So so what would be the wrong order? I guess maybe we should, we've talked about some of the rights. Let's talk, talk about some of the wrongs of how someone can really derail themselves if they're trying to do this on their own. Like say they just go jump on an adrenal support or an adrenal uh, glandular because they've heard that that's good for them. Well, the big thing I see, number one, is people find out they have an infection, they freak out and treat the infection, and they get worse. They haven't made any other changes. So the big thing is jumping towards um, – treating an infection when you don't have any other foundation before it. Number two is they're fatigued. They just take a whole bunch of adrenal support, which just is like throwing gasoline on the fire if you don't make any other changes. So there needs to be a systematic approach in my system 
which is similar to your system, it's diet and lifestyle is the foundation, right? We do an audit of where the physical, chemical, and emotional stress is coming from, and we collect some data. We do some labs to figure out what those underlying chemical stressors are, because a lot of times we may have no idea what they are, right? If you're fatigued or brain fog or have anxiety because you have a parasite infection, well, how the heck are you going to know you have a parasite infection? You may just think your anxiety is caused by a Xanax deficiency or a Wellbutrin deficiency. You may not know that there's a chemical stressor there. So we got to get information to dig in deeper. So once we dig in the information, we got to ensure that the diet's good, the lifestyle's good, the sleep's good. We want to make sure those foundational things are there. Also on top of that, are you breaking down your food? Are you having a bowel movement once a day? How does your food look? Are you breaking it down? Do you need enzymes and acids to help break down your food? Because if you can't break down your food, even if you're eating a great diet, like an autoimmune diet, but you can't break it down, forget it. And then once we've done that, then we're moving into the phase one where we're really focusing on the hormones, adrenals, thyroid, and or female or male hormones. And we, we like to do it in a sequence. Adrenal hormones should always be addressed first, followed by um, male or female hormones second, and then thyroid typically last, typically in that order. It, it may reverse based on certain situations, but that's a good general order. Typically, thyroid's either second or third, depending on what's going on. And we hit it in that order. And once we've kind of stabilized the hormonal system, then we go to the gut killing. Then we go to the infections because dealing with an infection can be stressful on the body. Your body has to deal with the biotoxins and the lithocholic acid and the endotoxins and the mycotoxins, basically all of the dead soldiers, if you will, from the infection. And we have to process those, those um, skeletons, if you will. Right. Yeah. I, I want to get better at analogies because I love yours so much. But uh, <laughs> it's taken me years to get these things up because doctors create this language that's like meant to f make patients feel disempowered. And I want to just take that language and say, screw it. We're going to use words and analogies and stories that actually connect with what's happening. Because if you, if you understand a concept, you never have to memorize it, right? If the concept, if you understand the concept, it's there. You can never forget it like the concept i just said with uh you know the the so-called dead soldiers and the debris and like you, you don't have to memorize that you got the concept i don't have to talk about herxheimer's reactions and all these things that's what it is but what the heck's a herxheimer if i give you the concept and the analogy you got it you never have to memorize it. it's there totally yeah an analogy i was picturing when you were talking about that kind of why you need to get these support systems in place first is i mean that's basically a flood is coming and all you're doing is putting up a few sandbags. That's all you have. You don't right. have a good foundation. Right. You're going to get wiped out and the flood is, is, is going to take over. So Exactly. So, And I think that would be another thing is your doctor needs to tell you what's going on. Where are you now? What's your vision next month? What's your vision three to six months from now? What's the plan? And like with my patients, I graduate them from phase one to phase two, because I need compliance from my patients. I need to make sure they're doing what they're doing their part, right? Doctor is Latin for teacher. So I'm doing a lot of teaching. I'm also doing a lot of coaching and motivation because I need to make sure they're doing what they're doing. I need to hold them accountable. Sometimes patients need a pat on the back when they're doing good and sometimes a kick in the butt when they're, when they're doing bad. Yep. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, doser to teach. Yeah, and and that is part of the process and you're doing it together. You didn't say reprimand or you didn't say uh, 
gawk at or or talk down your teaching it's a it's a it should be a fun enjoyable you know process for people and so if you're miserable with your practitioner maybe this is another good key here uh is don't be afraid to fire the practitioner yeah. yep a- absolutely and sometimes you know the practitioner i've had to fire patients because you know i put my reputation out there with every patient i work with and some patients Every now and then you get really difficult patients and there's a lack of compliance and it's really hard because you want to be able to help someone, but you need a certain level, a baseline of compliance. And if that compliance isn't there, it's hard. Yep. So I'm trying to think if I had, I had one more in my brain and I lost it. So I didn't know if you had any other good qualities for a practitioner. I think, you know, just kind of tooting our horns is free information. I mean, you have 300 or hundreds of different podcasts. I have hundreds or 60 podcasts and over 200 YouTube videos and almost 100 blog articles, lots of free information that shows people what our brand is about, what our system is about, because you need, there's too much stuff out there to go over in a consult. So you need lots of stuff that can be gone over, you know, in a podcast or a YouTube video or, you know, on the weekends by checking out a free blog or something. So lots of good information to support everything in the consult, I think is important. It's a, it's a value added that I um, make sure all my patients have access to. And I know you do the same as well. Yeah, right. It's, it's not like we just popped on and here we are, we're going to help you. I mean, there's probably thousands of hours that you can spend reviewing all of the trench work, I guess I would yeah. call it, that you and I have both posted for people. So all of that stuff's there. If you're not ready to actually get committed, this will be kind of the stuff to maybe inspire you to think, huh, maybe this isn't normal for me to wake up and feel exhausted, but when I try to lay my head down on the pillow at night, I'm wide awake, and this video here explains why. Huh, maybe it is time for me to get tested. So you know, that's kind of a good uh, – just a good way to get familiar with the concepts. If you're just new to this whole space and, and you've been led down the conventional route and it's failed you or made you sicker, then you know always have hope. I think that's um, maybe my last uh, good quality is you want to find a, a practitioner that is going to encourage you and that has hope for you because if you just feel like you're number 62375, then that's all you are and that's how you're going to feel and you're not going to leave empowered from your consultation. Yes, I agree. I think also when the doctor is sitting there and talking with you about the labs they're recommending, you always want to ask yourself, how is this addressing the root cause? How is this getting to the root cause? That's always a question that needs to be in the back of the patient's mind and I always stress it with the patient proactively, but the patient needs to be asking the doctor, how is this getting to the root cause? And also looking and prioritizing what labs. So when I sit down with my patients and recommend labs, they're always on a priority scale. We'll recommend between one and five labs or one and four labs with each patient, depending on how sick they are and how fast they want to get better. And we prioritize it from one, two, three, four, and five. And I always prioritize them. And there's some labs out there, depending on you know how much extra income a patient wants to put on labs, I'm not a huge fan of food allergy testing. I'm not because anyone with a leaky gut, anything they consistently eat, they're going to develop a food allergenic response to it. So I'm not a big fan with food allergy testing. Yet sometimes I will use it for patients that are uncompliant. I'll use it for autistic children who are eating terrible diets and their parents don't want to cut out their food. And I'll also use it for patients that are just 
allergic to everything across the board and maybe we can gleam a little bit of extra info but for the most part there's always a relative rotation element to the diet where we're getting variety in it and we're rotating what we love so we're not developing food intolerances based on that food slipping through the tight junctions of that leaky gut because our gut's inflamed so that's yeah. one thing that's really important do you want to comment on that, Evan? Well, no, I was just going to say that I've I've had great experience rotating my diet as well because yep. I've loved things like coconut so much that I've overdone it. Things yep. like leafy greens, I've loved them so much that I do have to cycle on and off of these different nutrients. So that's Probably something to keep in mind. Probably eggs and bacon too, right? Oh, totally eggs, yeah, and bacon. Ooh. I mean, Paul Check said something early on in my career that resonated with me. He said, if you love it, rotate it. If you love it, rotate it. So if you really love what you're eating, get a, an element of rotation there. And again, how fastidious do you have to be? Again, the more sick you are, the more fastidious you have to be. Okay. Yep. And the next thing is supplement recommendations. So supplements are powerful tools. So number one, you want to make sure your doctor is recommending the highest quality supplements. Not a big fan of MLM products, not a big fan of that stuff. There are some decent things out there, but I'm a fan of dealing with the highest quality supplement companies out there, tier one companies, companies that are independently tested, that use the highest uh, raw materials, and you know will probably cost more than your products uh, at Whole Foods in general or at Costco. So a good product will cost you a little bit of money. But again, I always tell patients the most expensive supplement is the one that doesn't work or the one that contains fillers or additives or a whole bunch of junk in it. Totally. Yeah. And I, I think a good rule of thumb is that if it's a product that's available on a shelf or this, not always the case, but if it's on Amazon and it's not exclusively sold to practitioners, then there may be a chance to raise some eyebrows. And I've kind of switched away from some of the companies I used to use before coming becoming a practitioner and I've kind of strayed away from those and really upgraded the quality and I've noticed a difference in how it works and when you look at some of the articles on ingredient quality something could say rhodiola but if it's not extracted to you know the three percent rosevins that you actually need right or it's extracted only one percent or you know etc then yeah it's expensive pee it is it is and also I'm very leery of patients buying their supplements on Amazon or eBay I have multiple supplement reps from the companies that I work with directly. So I purchase directly from the manufacturer, so there's no middleman. And I have seen these major supplement companies that do their quality assurance. They will actually buy their products on Amazon from some of these third-party distributors. And they will buy the product, and they'll actually send it back to the lab and test it. And they're finding literally like rice flour, like just innocuous supplements or innocuous compounds in the supplements. And if I get someone who's taken rice flour in and they're gluten sensitive and inflamed, they aren't going to get better. Or if they're getting a crappy product, you know, that's counterfeit, they're just not going to get better. And it's it's really difficult, you know, to help a patient when, you know, they're trying to save 10% on a product, but then they're getting something that's totally crap. They end up losing 100% in order to save that 10%. So it gets difficult, especially when you want to make sure you're delivering the highest quality. That can happen, and it does happen. And the New York Attorney General did a whole raid on GNC and all these different stores and found that majority of their products didn't even contain what was on the label. Yeah, Walgreens, uh, I believe CVS too. I don't want to throw everybody under the bus without yeah. knowing. 
And not to mention, like, they found, like, for instance, I think it was last year, they found 10 micrograms of lead in the female multivitamin at the vitamin shop. Um, so you get, you gotta, you gotta be careful. So I know the people that I work with, the people that you work with, they're doing third party independent tested, um, lab assessments. And they're also buying the highest quality raw material, right? If you see fish oil, let's say Kirkland's Costco fish oil, like 300 caps for 10 bucks. And then you see like a higher quality fish oil for 30. There's a reason why. And part of the reason why is that Fish oil, most of the cost actually goes into the filtration process, not the fish oil. So when you buy a crappy fish oil for cheap, you're getting what you pay for. Yeah, so here's the, here's the official story. I wanted to make sure we were accurate here. So it was New York State, uh, State Attorney General, and it, he instructed Target, GNC, Walgreens, and Walmart to immediately cease selling a number of scam herbal supplements. Uh, they four out... Four out of five products did not even contain the herbs in their ingredients listed. It contained, like you said, powdered rice, house plants, and asparagus. Yeah. Fraudulent projects in, uh, or products included echinacea, ginseng, St. John's wort, garlic, ginkgo biloba, and saw palmetto. God. It's so, terrible. And I use those I use those those specific ingredients and I'm sure you do too. So if we were just sending people, yeah, just go down to Target and go buy it. I mean, that would be not uh that's not a good practitioner quality there. No, no. And you really do get what you pay for and that's why I'm working on creating a private label line so I have even more uh my own quality, my own custom label line so I can ensure even a higher quality than before. Because I, I mean, for me, it's everything. I want to make sure my patients get the best results. So if they're not getting enough of this B vitamin, this B6, or this herb to wipe out an infection, we may not get them better as fast. And I, I need to be able to be confident that what they're getting is exactly on the label. So like, for instance, with one of the probiotic companies that I use, they put on there for their CFUs, the colony forming units, they put on there how much will be in the probiotic two years after it expires. So when you say when you see a hundred billion units per serving, that's what's in there two years after it expires. So they literally put double or triple the amount in there to ensure you're gonna get what's on the label two years from now. That's what you get when you're using a higher quality company. That's great. So and then I think the next question after that is how many supplements is right for you? So dealing with patients, when we create an adrenal program, for instance, we'll start with anywhere between two to six products. And it, we try to work on what the patient needs, where they're at, how sick they are, and how fast they want to get better. And also what's their emotional tolerance? Can they handle a whole bunch of pills or not? So we have to have that conversation. And some patients that are sicker, and want to get better faster, we need more nutrients. We meet, we need extra support, especially if they're life stressful, their nutrition isn't perfect, they're maybe not sleeping the best, we may have to give a few extra products. So I think that conversation needs to be had with the doctor and with me at the sliding scale of how much I recommend. And I customize that with the patient. And sometimes if we have an adrenal program lined up with a good multi, a fish oil, and some adrenal support, and let's say we have a a gut killing program lined up and the person has a couple of different gut infections, it may be a fair amount of products. So you have to sit there and talk with your doctor and figure out what you're on, why you're on it, figure out if it's in your comfort zone and also find the time frame of how you're on, how long you're going to be on things and when you can consolidate. Some patients are under so much stress, they just, they need that. And that's just how it is. And they feel better and perform better 
with it. So there has to be that conversation and it can't be like, oh, you're on 10 things. Your doctor's, you know, ripping you off. It needs to be, well, why? Like, did you have a conversation with your doctor about that? Does it make sense? Do you know why you're on everything? Is your doctor making sure your diet's good? Is is the lifestyle and the sleep good? You got to have that conversation. And it's got to be individualized. Yeah. I, I find a lot of people that come in and they fill out the the little form, what all are you taking? Supplements, herbs, medications. If I do prime them about those, why are you taking those? Oh, I don't know. I just, I read it was good. And so there may be some imbalances created. I mean, especially with things like zinc. I mean, throwing off the zinc and copper balance, for example. I've seen tons of people. Oh, well, I read zinc's good for testosterone. So I just started taking 50 milligrams of it because I read it on a bodybuilding article. That's not the wisest idea and you're, you're coming in the door with uh, you know tons of supplements that yeah. you actually may get helped by removing those supplements and then just completely starting from ground zero again so so always being open I guess would be a good way to come into the door because you never know what's going to need to be adjusted yeah I totally agree and there's a site I use called the healthaliciousness healthaliciousness.com and it's a great site looking at all of the various nutrients in food. So like when we have a person that, let's say, on a test comes back with low in zinc, we'll look up the top 10 zinc foods and we'll make sure those foods are in their diet. Or if they're low in calcium or, or potassium, we'll look at those foods and we'll see if those foods are in their diet. And again, this is part of the reason why we kind of have a paleo template is because those top 10 foods almost all the time are staples in a paleo template. Go figure, right? Yep. So the diet and the supplement part, it needs to be customized. And I do have some patients sometimes that are sick and not feeling good, but they don't want to take a lot of supplements. And that's okay. We just have to make sure the diet's lined up and perfect and you're managing stress and your life isn't too much stressful and you're sleeping good. And we also have to kind of gauge your expectations of healing. Right. Yeah. If you have a major infection and you, you don't want to take maybe one product, you may not get that infection cleared out. Yeah. Or if you're a teacher and you have the summers off and you have the time that you're going to be relaxed enough to actually be more compliant, then maybe you can skip out on a couple. But if you're high flying day by night person, then you're going to need a little bit more support there. Yeah. And I do adrenal tests pre and post. And um, it takes a long time to heal the adrenals just doing lifestyle and diet alone. Typically, it takes like a couple months of vacation time with perfect diet and lifestyle. And the way I look at it is, well, why don't you do that and take the supplements and supercharge the healing even faster? Totally. Yeah. I mean, even if someone's still working 40 hour work weeks, I mean, sometimes I try to estimate a year even depending on the person. What would you say? Yeah. We look at their adrenal test and based on their adrenals, whether they're normal stage one, stage two, or stage three, and that's basically an indicator looking at how little cortisol or how much cortisol they're making in conjunction with the rhythm of their cortisol and in conjunction with DHEA or sex hormone levels, we can base a good time frame of healing. So stage one is three to six months, stage two is six to nine, and stage three is nine to 12 months. And anyone that's chronically ill with multiple infections, one to two years minimum. And that's actually really fast if you've been sick for 20 years. That's really fast. I mean, yeah, especially when conventional medicine will probably just throw you some anti-inflammatory COX-2 or NSAID drugs, maybe some prednisone, and maybe some antidepressants. I mean, that's not ever going to fix the problem, and we'll probably make things worse down the road. Mm-hmm. So I think we went over some really good stuff. I mean, I think the summary would be make sure your doctor has a 
approach that addresses and looks at diet and understand why they recommend their diet and make sure there's customization within that diet, number one. Number two, make sure there's lifestyles being looked at, meal timing, stress, meditation, exercise, sleep, blood sugar, make sure that's being looked at. Number three is what's the approach, right? What labs are we gonna order to get to the root cause, right? And are we addressing the other stressors that were in our life that caused the problem to begin with? And then also, how are we going to recommend the supplements? How, how do we prescribe them? Uh, what are the phases of care? How do I get to the next phase? What are our markers of success, objective uh, and subjective? Yep. I think you covered really it. That's a really good place. Do you want to add anything to that, Evan? No, that I mean that was killer, man. That was more concise than I could have made it. <laughs> All right, good. And again, um, I'm available over at justinhealth.com, and you can take a look at the free thyroid video series and female hormone video series. And again, my most successful patients, um, my most the patients that I'm able to help the best and the fastest, they are the most educated. So anyone, whether you're going to work with myself, Evan, or another great doctor out there. Get educated. The education process is a huge part in healing because it creates compliance and it's going to allow you to not self-sabotage yourself because you're already going to have the good subconscious gems of what you got to do to heal. I love it. Yeah. And it saves us a lot of time not explaining why that piece of bread is not going to help you. Oh my gosh. I fight with so many patients on things that we could just be putting more of that time towards actionable items versus fighting on the old. So the more you get educated outside of the doctor's office and call, uh, the better it is and the more money you'll save yourself too. Amen. All right, Evan. Hey, great talking to you, man. We'll talk very soon. Likewise. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right. As always, I hope you enjoyed that show and you're going to be hearing more like this. I've listened back to previous episodes and I feel like I may have lacked on the actionable side of things, the clinical side of things. What's Dr. Justin doing in his clinic? What am I doing in our clinic? Our clinics, by the way, they're air quotes here because they're online. 99% of the people I see are via online, Skype, Norway, Ireland, Australia, South Africa. You know who you are. I'm, I'm really happy to be able to offer my services to people across the world. So anyway, and then the 1% is inside of a local chiropractor's office here in Kentucky. So if you happen to drive through the state, then you might as well hit me up and get seen in person too because it's fun and there's some stuff that I can do that I can't do over Skype. Anyway, all I'm saying is I just want to be as clinically helpful to you as possible. And I don't just want you to spend your time downloading and listening to a show and you're like, well, now what? So... That's why I've transitioned the show and started including more of these more clinical episodes. And if you want to schedule a 15 to 20 minute free consult with me via phone or Skype if you're international, then I'd love to hear from you, hear what you're going through, and see how I can help you. So the link for that is paleo.genbook. That's G E N book. Dot com paleo.genbook.com if you just go there you can go on your phone it's uh, mobile website friendly if you go on your computer tablet whatever you just click there and you can go click free consult and a lot of you've already found that uh, link without me telling you on the podcast here from the website so if you go to the website not just paleo.com you'll see the click to make an appointment button you can just click that too but uh, it's amazing what you can do for somebody even though they've already been through the whole gamut of doctors and emergency physicians and whatever. And, and those those people definitely have a place in our society. And I'm not an anti-doctor 
person at all. But I just know that there's a certain point in time where you have to go look at things from the holistic perspective and look at you as a whole picture. A doctor is not going to be able to identify the adrenal dysfunction you may be having, and they may not be able to design a protocol. You know, they're not trained in adaptogenic herbs, for example, things like that. So that's kind of why I think what I do is different and why I think it's awesome. So I hope you do too, and I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Thank you.